Hey guys, I'm Danny. And I'm EJ. And this is the Your Living Proof Podcast. Where we talk about addiction and how it affects the family, from the brutal to the beautiful and everything in between. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Your Living Proof Podcast. You guys, we are really actually stoked to be back, even though the, the weather in Utah might be trying to kill us all. It, it might be. If you followed us, you know we live in Utah. We live in a beautiful place in Utah, n- nestled up near the mountains, but <laughs> it's, it's as beautiful as there's hell to pay. Yeah, this year especially. a few months of the year. And it goes back to what we said on last week's podcast, which is we do, we need to all vote and we need to have Mental Health Awareness Month moved back yeah. from May to February March. or March. From May to Either March. Way. Keep it with the M's. Yeah. May to March. Great. Just bump it back because. No, it's true. It is very true. May's a beautiful time of year. Everything's coming back to life regardless of where you live. But it's true. And it's one of the biggest initiatives, right? The, every month has an initiative. Right. No shave November, like, or now it's no poor November. Yeah. Each one has it. Um, but Mental Health Awareness Month is becoming the number one trending initiative. Yes. We just need to move it from May to March when it's more applicable. Okay. So but before we get started, you we guys, didn't even tell them this is number 55. Like yeah. This is number 55. And it's going to be actually, this is going to be a really amazing podcast. Well, because if you listen to us, it's for probably no other reason than you're trying to help someone that you love who's suffering from an addiction. Maybe yes. you, you are yourself, but, or it's someone that you care about who has a loved one suffering from addiction, trying to learn, like, how can we better help today? We're going to give you the number one component yep. of overcoming an addiction. So there's the teaser. Yeah. It's going to be good. It's, it's going to be really good. But before we get into it, I do want to tell you guys, I gave Danny um, something for Valentine's day, which I don't normally do. Pink I don't. panties. No, no, I'm just no. kidding. I... I usually am not like the gift giver on Valentine's Day, but this year I wanted to surprise him and I bought us concert tickets. I'm going to spoil it right there. No, no, you're not. She bought herself a Valentine's present. I just happened to be part of that gift okay. to herself. You know what? He's not wrong because <laughs> I I did debate. I was like, well, you know what? If he doesn't like have a yeah, good response Wait, here's her this, backup plan. Tell them this was hilarious. What? That I was going to just take my best friend. <laughs> I was like, it's fine. Like, if he doesn't act excited about so this, you, I have a backup. if you rewind to what you said at the very beginning. So I bought Danny for Valentine's. But no, I did. I was just mind, a possible <laughs> participant. You were my number, my first ask, oh okay? Gosh, you were. You were first in so line. crazy. But again, I had a backup plan because I don't want to go with somebody that's reluctant to a concert that I'm like out of my mind excited about. Yeah, okay, so, so carry on. I bought on. tickets to Brandon Lake. And by the way, I did not just buy the tickets. I bought the VIP tickets so that we got to go to the meet and greet beforehand and all of the things be first in. Like we are going to have the full experience because that's what I wanted. Yeah, I was real skeptical And about if you that. don't know who Brandon Lake is, I'm sorry for you, but you'll need to just go to your Spotify account right now and just type in Brandon Lake and then just be happy the whole day that you're listening to him because it, it, he does have good stuff. He's an amazing, he's a worship singer, guys. Like he sings songs that I wish we would sing inside of our church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, because the way he praises Jesus lights my soul on fire, literally. So I bought those tickets. We went this weekend. It was 
the best experience ever. I do not regret the VIP experience. In fact, I will, I, I'll never do it again without doing that. Just saying. Oh, it was cool. I, I'm skeptical of those things all the time. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. He's this is going to be retarded. Like, we're not going to go in, whatever. It's not going to work the way it's supposed to. They always make this sound better than it's going to be. But you it, were wrong. Yeah, I was wrong. It was really amazing. It was it was awesome. Yeah, like before the concert I was just started. stoked to have 24 hours away from our kids. Yeah, that was his main draw, and it's fine. We but, do that often. Like, we're not really great at going on long trips, but we try to have these little 24-hour dates. Yeah. Like, we'll leave 5 o'clock one day and be back next day at 5 o'clock, and it's like this reset, 24 hours of magical, just magical time. Yeah, it was great. It, it was, was amazing. We made the and most of it. We drove a lot. but Yes, we did. Tell them about the concert. But the concert was so good, you guys. Like, first of all, he's actually good live. Like, he sounds even better live than he does on his albums, which is, True. as you know, rare. Um, so he's like a true artist and I don't know if you've ever been to a, like a worship or like a gospel music concert, but if you haven't highly recommend it will change your life. Like it is worship in a way that, that most people, they just don't get to experience. And it was, it was like sharing a testimony and then singing the song and then explaining how he came to write these lyrics for this song and like the experience with God that led him to write those lyrics and then singing the song. And, and the people that are all around you are, are feeling the spirit so hard. And it's really powerful to be in a packed room of thousands and thousands of other people that literally came for one purpose. And it was seeking Jesus. It was cool. Just seeking an uplifting, positive experience. Yeah. There's just wish there was more of it. Yep. So good. I love, I stare at people. I'm I, like, whether I go to the airport on vacation, wherever I'm at, I just, ball games, I just stare at people. He does. I it's just a love. It's like, and most entertaining. Punched. I think it's fascinating how different people there, there are. And this place was full of everything you could imagine. Yeah. Every walk of life. And what was cool is, you know, you go to places like that. Maybe people are there to watch a performance. Like simultaneously, Taylor Swift was performing. It was like some yeah. magical, like enormous concert yeah. of some magnitude that was unheard of. But it was, or you're going to a ball game and you're trying to root for your team. But this was cool, just a packed arena full of people who were trying to be uplifted. Yeah. Trying to be edified, trying to be inspired, trying to be motivated. It was cool. It was so, so good. So as much as I was I skeptical, Danny. it was it was really cool. <laughs> yes. By the end of the concert, he was doing what I had been doing from like the second I entered, which was like swaying and my arms are out and I'm I'm like yelling along with the song. Yeah, bel deny belting it, by the it end. out. So it was cool to do new things. It was it was awesome. It did help restore. For me, it was an opportunity to go and be like, wow, like everyone's here for a genuine divine purpose. Yeah. And as much as the news and social media portrays that everyone's, you know, going down these dark paths, which a lot are, there's still a lot of people out there who are rooting and searching for good. Yep. It's cool. Amen. So I just want to remind everybody what we're trying to do here. Oh, and then we came back and just got slapped in the face and humiliated and humbled as parents. <laughs> it's true. Yes. I, I don't know what happened yesterday. It was just it's those times where you're just like, oh my gosh, like, are we doing anything right as parents? Are they're all hungry angry lonely tired just yeah just that's just why it is it's it just, is up and down yep but reminding you what the purpose of this podcast is why are we here what are we trying to do what benefit can we give back to those listening it's to support families and spouses who love someone struggling with addiction yep 
whether the addiction's still in secrecy that you're the only one that knows or that person you love has ridiculed your life and humiliated you in a way because it's fully exposed to the world to see the wreckage that they're causing. We want to help and support those families who are trying so hard to help that person. Yep. Because that person is hurting, that person is sick, but they're also affecting everyone else, right? Yes. Yep. And that is literally like the purpose of our podcast is to help you best influence your loved one, even when they're fighting you tooth and nail. Even when they don't want to help. Yep. Um, So I just want to say this is something that Danny says all of the time, and it is the truth. Like this is this is a fact. The biggest threat in the world to addiction is a family that learns to effectively intervene. Keyword effectively. Yes. And no one really knows how to do that. Well, the reality is something always intervenes. Something has to intervene. It could be an accident. It could be death. It could be a, when it gets to the hands of a judge, but something has to intervene. So yes. what better thing to intervene than your greatest asset that God gave you? Right. Your family. Yes. So why do so few people enter recovery from their addictions? Why? Well, yeah. And and to piggyback that, it's sad because we know behind every person struggling with addiction is a family that's suffering. Yes. Either some of the family or the entire family, but behind every person is a family that's suffering. So it's also why do so few families get to experience the redemption yeah. The joy of like redemption with yes. their loved one. Yes. And that's really an interesting thing. Cause if you like look at the st- statistics and it's like 28 million people are struggling with addiction, then you have to take that and multiply it by at least two. Right. Because there's it, someone else that it's loves either them, a so. parent or a spouse. Yeah. But usually, you know, several. So it's a very good point, Blondie. You're a lot smarter sometimes than you come across. Well, I'm just kidding. You're she's so brilliant, ridiculous. <laughs> like kind of like a nerd. Like you look so beautiful, but she reads and studies more than anyone I've known. So nerdy. That's cool. Yeah. It serves thanks. its purpose. But here's the answer. Ba-ba-ba-ba-bum. What's the number one key or one number one component to a person overcoming their addiction? Yeah. Time. Time. Time to heal. If there's anything you take away from this today, or maybe from all the times you've listened to us, please take that. It's time to heal. Well, what does that mean exactly? Yeah. A long-term plan of recovery is exactly that. It's a long-term plan to help support. It's supported and guided by not only you, if it's your spouse or you, if it's your child, it's helped and supported by professionals. Yeah. In many different regards. Like if you go to a facility to get help, you have like the clinical director, then you have like your primary care physician or, or therapist, then you have like your case manager, and then you have like other people in the community. So there's all these people to help support. Yeah, it's a group effort. But it's also all the barricades that are put around. Drug testing, accountability, so many things. Yeah. All of those in an effort to help someone heal over time. If you listen to the last podcast, we made an example of of a physical injury. Yeah, it was powerful. And my wife's pointing out, did I miss the, oh, the two reasons? Sorry. We're going to get into the two reasons that people don't get to time. 
Okay. Right. If the number one component is time, time to heal. Well, then why aren't people getting there? Like what's yeah. holding people back? I guess we could cover those now. Yeah. There's two reasons that people don't give their loved one or give themselves time to overcome their addictions. The two reasons are one, they don't properly attempt. Yep. Right. Yep. Whatever effort they ever do, if they do put in effort, isn't the right kind. Yeah. And then number two is they jump ship. They jump shit before they've had time to heal. So in the last podcast, we gave the example. It's crazy. I, you should go back and listen to it if you didn't, because it was really cool. If your loved one, and I was just at the gym talking to someone this morning who's really struggling. And I said, you know, it's interesting. We watched this guy walked in, had a big brace on his knee. Must have blown out his knee. Yeah. Had operations on his knee. As he walks in, it's like he can't even go five feet or go from one machine to the next because everyone's like asking and talking about it and they're yeah. aware why because there's this huge contraption on his busted knee yeah well i know him and i also know that the plan to repair this knee it's going to be intensive it's actually had a second surgery and it's going to be months of physical rehabilitation yeah it was a bad 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 injury so the the diagnosis or the plan for recovery is intensive <laughs> yeah it transfers from a surgeon down to a, a doctor down to a physical therapist down to a, a, a his own commitment oh right my gosh like and time. everyone else in his family helping picking up the pieces carrying the weight carrying the burden supporting him driving him helping him whatever yeah it's a it's huge so i was talking to this person at the gym and i said what if someone was walking in here with a broken heart no one would know there's no gigantic brace to announce it and to invite other people to come in no one would know what to say or do a lot of people, if they were aware, would just like try to give them a pep talk and tell them to knock it off. And that, yeah. So how we deal with physical injuries in our society is so incredible. We overcome things like it's the most triumphant thing. People learn to walk again that were told that they would never walk again. Yeah. Families would uproot themselves. They would sell their house, sell their cars, quit their jobs, do whatever they had to do if their loved one was in an accident and broke their back. Yeah. But when it comes to an emotional or spiritual wound that manifests in a poor behavior, like yeah. a poor coping skill, no one knows what to do, how to do it, what it means, who to talk to. Like It's just kind of like this, what I would say is a fuster cluck. Yeah, fuster cluck. <laughs> That's the brand of our, our farm eggs, by the way, if you've ever received or seen the eggs that we sell from our chickens. Fuster cluck farms. Yeah, that's it. But here it is like, it's not, it is profound, but it's also so simple. If you were dying from something like a life-threatening illness, like heart failure, or you were in a serious accident, one, do you think that you would ever fail to properly attempt to get the help necessary? No, no, you, no, would, you wouldn't. You would execute everything for a proper attempt. Yeah. Two, would you tell the professionals helping you halfway through? No, I'm good. I'm good. Right. Like, I don't need help anymore. Right. So let's just break. I, I would love to break that down. Like, let's break down, like, the, the, well, the non-attempt or okay. the improper attempt. Yes, but maybe. before we do that, this is circling back to even, like, two episodes before. If your loved one's struggling with porn, if they have a sex addiction, if they're an alcoholic, if they are abusing all their prescription medication, whatever it is, you're fixating on that thing. That thing is the problem. Yeah. But you have to remember that thing is not the problem. That thing is the solution that yes. they found to their problem. Yes. And you should go back and listen to that because it was powerful. So behind that problem, that thing you hate and resent, that alcohol, that uh, porn, whatever it is, 
that your loved one's consuming, they're covering up something inside that's uncomfortable, unwanted, yep, toxic, but, whatever. Yeah, they don't know what to do with okay, it. Okay, so yeah. they're broken. They're, it's not their back, but their heart or spirit is broken. So yeah. getting into the two things. Yeah, then never properly attempt, keyword properly. Properly. Why don't they? Yeah. Well, like, we just talked about some of the reasons because you can't see it doesn't carry the same weight, but there's also legitimate things. Like there's the demands of life, right? Like, how am I going to stop and go get help? I got bills. I have a family. I have work. What am I going to do? Yeah. I think that's a huge one. And, and especially for something that could be easily hidden, right? Like when you're a a cocaine addict, when it gets really bad, it's very noticeable. But you know, when you're, when you're an alcoholic, you can actually, you can fool people for a long oh, time. For, and yeah. so if all of a sudden you're like, I'm not coming to work, you know, then then it's kind of like, what? Like people are shocked. They don't know what to do. But there's still, which leads us into the next one, there's a stigma and there's a shame around it. Right. That's that's right. You would never hesitate calling your employer to be like, oh my gosh, I was in an accident and I broke my back in two different places. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to come to work for a month. I hope you guys can support me. I got to get better so I can come back to work. There's also the notion where people try to handle it in-house. And a lot of these kind of touch on each other, right? Like you would never take the mentality of, oh, we'll just figure this out on our own. We're going to hush-hush. We're going to brush this under the rug. We're going to try to handle this in-house if it was a physical injury. But when it's an emotional or spiritual wound, everybody tries to handle it in-house. They try to deal with it on their own. Yeah, yep. Why? Think about what are the what are the reasons like what you just spit it out like no I really think I think because they're embarrassed I, I was gonna say I think that the stigma and the shame has got to be like what trumps almost everything at that point because it's it's it is officially pulling the fire alarm like maybe maybe you were aware that I kind of had a problem but this problem is so overwhelming and big that I can't handle it on my own and I need professional help and that that's embarrassing uh, it's embarrassing it is and, and and there is also the factor that people just don't understand what to do right there's a roadmap for physical injuries but there's not really a roadmap for what to do when your loved one's struggling the way that they are right like where am i supposed to, who would i first call like what would i do yeah like, well is, what's your first call is there an emergency room for this or is there a doctor's office for this like it's you're right there's confusing. not a roadmap there's there. not a roadmap yeah which is what we've created well, there is now but yeah. yeah there hasn't been so they don't understand what it will take and had you not ever been through it you wouldn't know what to expect yeah you wouldn't know what to do absolutely right yes huge point so we that's that we could yes. go i could go on for a while the second yeah. reason is and this one i really want to hit home because i think this resonates with them with most people yep and it's that they jump ship before they've healed yeah, and I, I, I think this is this is a major component that people don't see. They don't see it coming. I, and I just want to quickly explain. Like my first time, this would have been a little over 17 years ago, my first attempt at treatment. Like it got bad, right? We talked about where you can't hide anymore. The problem's out yeah. there. Like everyone was like, oh my gosh, like we have to do something. So my family didn't effectively, but everyone in my life, like they intervened. intervened. It was kind of a forced thing. Went, okay, great. I went to a treatment. It was an incredible experience. I was very resistant at first, but I went there. I had no choice. So I made the most of it. I did the typical Hollywood day stay. I was there like 28. Like I was so stubborn. I didn't even stay the full 30 because I had to control the situation. I think I left on 28 or 29 days because it worked out on a perfect day to go. 
here's something I want to share. I don't want to, I'm not going to bore you with all the details, but I remember leaving. My life was a mess when I entered. And when I left, I was changed. Yeah. I felt like myself again. I looked like myself again. The lights had turned on in my eyes. I could see, uh, I could see a foot in front of my face. Yeah. I had all the hope and all the desire to change. I was changed. Yeah. I, during that time, I had had some incredible breakthroughs. You have to remember, if your loved one goes and gets help, they are so entrenched in it. Like very few experiences where you're that entrenched. Yeah. Like I think people like, for example, there's a missionaries. They, they go to a, like a missionary training center where they're so engulfed in it that they're going to like prepare them to go. If you're in the military or the armed, armed service, you're going to go somewhere boot camp and you're so entrenched in it. Yeah. Right? But I think, I think like finish telling your story because yes, I'm going I, to, but I was so entrenched in my recovery for the time that I was there. Yeah. I was, I was changed. I had, I had experiences that people in my life couldn't relate to. Right. I had breakthroughs. I had all these monumental moments, which is why when I left, I felt like I was better, better. So I'm walking up the staircase, the cement staircase of this place. I got my suitcase. I'm just ready to go home and get out of there and, you know, just get back to life. And the director of the facility, his name's Gary, um, an incredible man will always be this instrumental part in my life. He came up, grabbed me with both arms looked me in the eyes and he said, I'm so grateful for who you are today. And I'm grateful for the work that you've done. But I also know that if you go home and do not put into place what we've taught you or prepared you to do or what's necessary to continue healing, because he's like, I know you think you feel better and you're ready to get back to life. But if you don't continue to do what's necessary to heal, you will be lucky. Matter of fact, I don't think you'll be fortunate enough to make it back here. Yeah. I was like, what? With tears in his eyes. He's like, you'll probably die before you ever do. <laughs> I was, I was, I was mad. I was like, dude, get out of my way. Like, thanks for your help. I love you, but I'm out. I went, went home. The points that I want to prove right here, it applied to every family is when I came home, I believed yeah. I was good. It was a genuine, sincere, authentic belief. But I was good. However, I didn't need to keep going. Like they were talking about this extended program of doing this thing after and all these different steps down the road. No, I was good. Yeah. I was raised by goodly parents. I was educated. I knew how to go be successful. I just needed to get back to life. Like well, I needed to get back to living. And, and, from an outsider's perspective, I'm going, yeah, if I'm your mom or your girlfriend or whatever at the time, I'm like, yeah, let's get on with it. <laughs> like, I'm like seeing, You're I'm seeing the light in your eyes again, right? And I'm, I'm hopeful and I'm like, oh, good. Like, yes, you're better. Like, let's, let's, let's go, right? Well, you've also been hanging on by a thread of like, yeah, uh, hello, I need your help. I need your right, support. Like, like, come on. Yes. And in a lot of families, they come home and they're like, hey, well, we're a month behind on our bills. Like, yeah, we got to do this. Like, we're drowning. Ba back back in the trenches. Because not only have you been gone for a month, but you've also been checked out for who knows how long. Yes, yes. So they're so grateful to have another person back to help and support them. Right. It's time to get on with So life. it's like a double buy-in, right? Like, it's like you believe that you're okay. And, and then the people that surround them are like relieved to see that 
you are okay. Yeah, it, it is a double buy-in. And here's the dangerous part. Because all you've done to this point, all your loved ones done, all the effort that you've put in has just got you to the starting line of this marathon. Yeah. But you don't have the tools and the skills, nor have you had time to heal for all the mile posts ahead. Yeah. So this part is hard. People jump ship before they've had time to heal. And my gosh, as a society, we want things fixed now. We want change things now. I don't even care if you're severely overweight and you want to lose weight. What are we all looking for? 30 days. The quickest, fastest way yeah. to get it off. Bam. Yeah. 30 day shred. Let's do it. Nobody's interested until this, until their hands forced. And again, it's forced by deadly illness or physical injuries. Right. So I just want to backtrack to that story. Here's the ironic part. This incredible man almost called it to a T. Yeah. It was a few days short of one year to the date, just almost within the, the exact day that I was hauled back into that treatment center in a wheelchair, busted legs, weighed a hundred pounds if I was lucky, all the veins of my body black, almost felony dead. possessions on my record, almost dead. And like he said, I was lucky to make it back. Yeah. And Why? your parents were lucky to pay again for the same treatment. Yes. Right? And I think now, that story is not unique in any way. If there's anything I've learned over the oh, oh, over time is that a lot of people have done what they needed to to have this heroic attempt and it doesn't stick. Yeah. Because no one's aware of what it's going to take, nor do they want to accept what it's going to take to support them in the number one component, which we said at the beginning, which is time. Yeah. Time to heal. Yep. It's, it's difficult. And, and honestly, nothing crushes a spouse or parent's heart more. So there's two sides to this. There's the loved one, and then there's the person suffering in their addiction. Nothing crushes them more than these failed attempts. Yeah. Why? Because so much energy and effort was put into getting them hope. And then like myself, speaking from the, the, the person suffering from addiction, you go and you actually regain hope again. Yeah. And then you come out and fail. What happens is you crush any loved one's heart like, oh my gosh, all that was for nothing. Yeah. Shattered. And the person who tried starts to feel tainted. Yep. Broken even more. Broken even more. It, it just shoves you down into a darker hole than you were even before. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can see that. And especially on the loved ones, it's just like what it took to get that person there and the hope that you had to maintain while they were in there that that this was, you know, we were coming to an end of some sorts, right? Yeah. Only to have it completely ripped away yeah. and 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 have all of that taken again that that is crushing i mean it's just discouraging i think it's what keeps people from having any hope at all is that story it is and a lot of people just throw their hands up yeah they get a case of the efforts and it's funny because on that line the efforts right like where they're just like screw it yep that's also the purpose of these long-term plans yeah that is the purpose that there's so many i could go on and on and on and on a long-term plan gives them time to heal. It gives you the reassurance and the insurance. Well, sorry, gives you the insurance that they are going to have time. They're going to do this. Yeah. But it also gives them a chance to navigate through those days where they are so hard, those hard days. Yeah. There might and, be only two or three days. Them. Yeah. Two or three days in a month where they just throw their hands up and they're like, F it. I can't get ahead of my bills. I can't get ahead of life. Like this is not going to work. And if they don't have a plan in place, then they fall right back to what? Yeah. The, the, what they know right best. back to what they know to, how to do best. Yeah. 
And that's the hard part. That's actually the unfortunate, but yet scary part too. Yeah. Most people who die from overdose or whatever it is, the substance they're consuming, it's when they, when they relapse. Yeah. Cause their bodies detox from what they were using. It's kind of reset, re- reset yeah. their body. And then they go back to using what they were before. That's how I lost some of my dear friends. And that's one of the most common stories I've heard. It's dangerous. Yeah. Yes. From, from a physical, absolute physical perspective. Yes. So what are the practical components to today's podcast? If you go back, hopefully it's understanding those two key components, right? If the number one component to people overcoming their addictions is time, time to heal. Well, what, what is in, keeping people from Yeah, what's that. keeping people from that? It's two things. One, it's never properly attempting, meaning giving it the proper diagnosis. Yeah. And two, is it's jumping ship before they've had time to heal. Yep. It takes some serious professional help to guide people through that process. Yeah. What we mentioned before, if you had a physical, if you were broken, any sort of physical injury, it's happened to enough people that what have they done? The medical world has created what? Like, yeah, like a whole... Here's a here's a roadmap. Here's a blueprint yeah. of exactly what it's going to take. Yep. They hand it to them. Professionals help people see the path forward. It's the same thing in this concept. If your loved one's broken and you don't want to be the people that continue to go in and out of treatment, exhausting all your your finances, yeah, spending gobs of money and breaking your heart over and over, then learn how to do it, first of all, properly the right the first time and how to support them yeah. through the process. Yeah, and, and, and I just have to say, like that that mystery that that has existed for so long where parents or or spouses are like what do i do like what are the steps what do i do that exists now <laughs> you guys we created it that is that is what what we do best and that is what what our course is it's the playbook for exactly that the answer to that question the full the full experience from start to two years down the line of every single step that will be necessary not only to do but to stay adhered to throughout the entire journey not just for the addicted loved one but for the entire family well it's the both of them combined and when we're restructuring the business here shortly relaunching living proof recovery services and the program's incredible because until your loved one gets that proper attempt. Yeah. And during Everything the process of healing, during the process of healing, when they continue to fall and stumble and there's these trials, we've created this community aspect, which is going to be so powerful where everyone can kind of just learn from one another to hear these common mistakes, common yep. failures so that they avoid doing it. Yes. There is no greater threat in the world to addiction than a family who pro- learns to properly and effectively intervene. Yes. And we are here. Literally, we exist to help you do that yeah do exactly i mean that. living proof of that and thankful that even though my family failed eventually they did learn what it was going to take to stand united and to help provide tools and resources to heal we've just fine-tuned that to be more consumable and easier to understand yeah that's the purpose absolutely. of it so whether it's you that loves someone struggling with addiction someone that you are close to that has a loved one struggling please share this let them know that there's help and resources out there We love you guys and hope you have a great week. And in the meantime, go listen to Brandon Lake, you guys. Do it. Okay. Have a nice plug. Have a good week. See ya. Bye.